Um, for those of you that are joining us live right now, as usual, I am going to sit here and riff for a little bit while the live streams get going. Uh, if you are logged into NIMSI, you're already seeing this, but we are live on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and other stuff. I do these, uh, my name is Tucker Johnson, and I do these live pop-up events. They are pop-up. We do not announce them. They are just out there so that if you want to get notified when they pop up, make sure to like and subscribe Nimsy Insights. That way you will always receive those notifications. Make sure those notifications are turned on if you're on YouTube, though. Otherwise, you won't get notified. But without further ado, I want to introduce my, my esteemed colleague here, Sarah Hickey, who is the VP of Research at Nimsy Insights and runs... Frankly, some of the most interesting research projects that we do, she, she manages our flagship reports, our flagship research projects, and super interesting stuff. Sarah, why don't you uh, take a second just to introduce yourself here? Yeah, sure. Uh, already um, a very nice introduction, Tucker. Super flattering. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, super quick background uh, for those um, who don't know me, which probably most of you, to be honest, because I haven't been around the block uh, in the industry from that side for that long, um, pretty much since I joined NIMSI two years ago. Um, I started in radio journalism. Uh, I'm from Germany. I'm back in Germany now as well, but I lived in Ireland for nine years and I'm married to an Irish man. Um, I transitioned into translation briefly and then did my degree in conference interpreting. And that's how I ended uh, up at NIMSI, actually, because I did some research in the area of interpreting and then uh, started as the interpreting researcher and then slowly worked my way up to other projects like Tucker already mentioned there. So, um, yeah, um, I'm doing the bigger market studies now, like the NIMSI 100 or the interpreting index or some association research for the local markets in the UK or the US and all that kind of jazz and still lots and lots of interpreting research also. Yeah. Like I said, you have a lot, on, lot going on on your plate and welcome to Udo joining us in Twitter spaces. Um, for those of you that don't know, we are also piloting Twitter spaces, which is essentially Twitter's answer to clubhouse. It's a online uh, voice only social. So if you would like to come join, then come on over to Twitter, follow Nimsy Insights at Nimsy underscore Insights and join our space. And you can come up on stage, just raise your hand and come up on stage and add, add your insights. Um, but we are just getting started here. And Sarah, you just gave a presentation at T-Mobile or T-Mobile, I'm sorry, T-Update <laughs> conference. First of all, tell me about T-Update. Who organizes it? Who is it for? Who goes? Tell me, because I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go, but holy crap, I've seen so many people talking about it on LinkedIn, Twitter, social, oh, it's all over the place. What is this conference that everyone's talking about? Yeah, uh, so good question. Um, so uh, it's um, from the EU ATC. So that is um, the association of the European uh, translation uh, companies. And um, I've actually only joined it for the first time. And yeah, just um, raised my hand, said I would like to speak and got lucky and got accepted. And then I actually had a lot of fun putting together a video for uh, T-Update. From what I could tell, it was largely also the, the same crowd as in other conferences. So there was um, largely language service providers and uh, your typical faces from the industry. I really like that there was um, a fundraiser from Trans Translators Without Borders, organized by Andrew Hickson again. I was going to say that. Yeah, it was, of it was course. That Andrew. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> yes. Andrew. 
<laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I missed that one. I was, um, I was really excited to go because I remember the last uh, event uh, Andrew put together that I was able to join in person at Gala in Munich uh, a few oh, yeah. years ago. I met, um, f for those that don't know Andrew Hickson, Andrew Hickson works with Ludejo. Am I pronouncing that right? Or do they call themselves Ludejo or Ludejo? Anyways, Malone, Andrew, what's up? Um, uh, they work with an LSB, but Andrew also does a lot of work with Translators Without Borders, which is a fantastic organization, and just did a fundraiser. So just catching you up for those that aren't in the loop. Sorry, I interrupted you, Sarah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. I, um, um, yeah, the update was actually pretty cool because um, it was different from your usual virtual conference. That I mean, we've had so many virtual conferences now in the last year, and they were all... Uh, well organized and fun with fun events and you know people have gotten more creative with using like Remo where the I think it's called Remo Remo the platform where you can that actually looks kind of like a conference room like you have little tables so you can join table yeah, chat yeah. groups and there's a little in one there was also a dance floor that I joined that was fun um, <laughs> I want to organize a localization conference in like Fortnite or something or some video game environment, but I don't know how to play Fortnite. I just think it's cool. So, <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's with, what with the, the it looked like it looked like a video game. Exactly. So the, this one, this was the most creative one I've ever joined. And uh, first I thought, oh man, this is uh, really really complex. But then once I tried it, it was actually really cool. Um, it was um, ex exactly it looked like a video game. So everyone um, signed up, and you could pick um, your own avatar and then run around, and you could actually also see the other conference participants running around the space and you could go to the different um, exhibition booths or you could um, go to the stage and watch a presentation and there as well it was like kind of virtually being in a in a room together and looking at a stage as well together um, so that's why the presentations were happening and there were little breakout rooms so I thought it was really fun in the end and I'm not a gamer at all but I, <laughs> I enjoyed it then as well it's trying out like I don't know flying around the conference and running around seeing people I know in the crowd so that was really cool yeah, I just brought it up on screen here, and I thought, I want to show the people that are watching this at home what this looks like, because it's so cool. And so I was going to search for it, and then I thought, no, just go to LinkedIn, and it's going to be one of the first three <laughs> posts that are in your feed. Yes. And sure enough, um, Vlodimir here, um, CEO over at Protemos, just a screenshot from T-Update Virtual 21 Conference. It really is a new experience that I'm enjoying. Um yeah, not a whole lot of uh, traction there because that's brand new tweet right there or LinkedIn right there. But it's all over LinkedIn here. All, well, now it's going to prove me wrong. Yeah, uh, speaking of Andrew, he had, uh, posted a bunch of screenshots as well, I think. Andrew, yeah, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, of course. Oh, Anne-Marie posted a video. I mean, nice. Thanks, Anne-Marie. But see, this is really cool. Like, you can go around and um, but you have basically a little little avatar. So. Yeah. And do whatever you want. It's like it's like a video game. And be whoever you want. You can, you can be whoever you want. And isn't that why we all joined this industry so that we can be who we want to be? Yeah. But I mean, this is you know this is a tangent somewhat uh, looking looking at this stuff, but not really because what we wanted to talk about today, and this is not planned for those of you that are listening. This is very much like live podcast style. Uh, these pop up events that we do. So five minutes before we wanted to talk about. COVID as an accelerator for, hmm, COVID as an accelerator. Let's start there. For everything. For everything. Much. 
right? And the reason for that is because you, I was watching your presentation at T-Update, and it's one of the things that you talked about here, and you're talking about it based upon data taken from the NIMSI 100, which is our flagship report that comes out every March or so, ranking the top language service providers in the localization industry, um, talking about market trends, talking about this this industry, this market that is just constantly growing, even through economic downturns. So let's start there, Sarah. What what would you say, you know, this is what we say, this industry is always growing. Why? How? Talk to me about that a little bit. Well, first of all, our industry touches upon all other industries, because uh, no matter if you are in the banking sector, in the retail sector, uh, in the media sector, um, there's always a, a need for language services, especially in a world that is going more and more global. Everyone's going global into other markets. And um, as we say, if you go global, you also have to go local, right? back into the local market right. and one way or another anyway language services are everywhere because people need to communicate and if you want to bring your product to other markets it needs to be in uh, the language of the consumers as well uh, that's reason number one and then um, as um, well our other co-founder Renato Beninato also likes to say is that when uh, times are good, we uh, translate contracts. When times are bad, we translate lawsuits. So it doesn't really matter if times are good or bad. People are going to communicate. Or even if we say that um, there's fewer exports now, well, it doesn't matter if there's maybe um, 300 million products being shipped or just 10 million products from like a company in France to a company in Brazil, they're gonna need the same um, amount of translations. Like the translation requirement doesn't change with that. So that, that's not to say that there isn't any changes in demand for translation or interpreting services or subtitling or dubbing, but there's always a demand. And um, that's why we usually also, our industry outperforms the global economy because it's not so bound by just one single market. It's all of the markets. And how big is our industry? What does that growth look like? Um, you well, know these numbers probably like the back of your hands, <laughs> having worked on all of this research. But there's perhaps folks out there that have never heard of localization. Um, yeah. So um, we, we estimate that in the last year in 2020, the industry reached 55 billion US dollars. So that's quite enormous. And we expect it to reach about 57 billion this year. And that is despite the impact of the pandemic. So it's still growing, even though we were also impacted by the pandemic, of course. And there was a slowdown in growth, um, but it's still growing. And that's a really positive indicator. Um, on top of that, um, we can definitely expect there to be more growth and almost like an explosion of content once we are finally past the pandemic once people can actually meet up again um, there will be um, more on-site interpreting again but at the same time we've seen a boost to remote interpreting that we also expect to last and that will expand the market then in the media segment um, production of course had to stop i mean I know some production has resumed now, but not to the same level. And I, I for example, I'm personally, I, I can't wait because I feel like I'm watching the same movies and TV shows over and over again on uh, Netflix and all the other streaming platforms. And I'm really excited for some new content to come out finally. Right. <laughs> Right. eventually of course <laughs> yeah that will also translate into growth for media localization because well like i said i'm based in germany and while i watch 
movies and TV shows in English. Um, many of my friends or family do not. They watch them in German, uh, which is largely dubbed here. In other markets, it's more subtitled. But yeah, that will definitely translate into growth. Very cool. And I, I brought up on screen here, I have the Nimsy 100 pulled up. For those of you, if you want to follow along at home, just go to www.nimzi.com and the Nimsy 100 industry ranking and industry report is going to be one of the first things and you can certainly follow along at home. A quick shout out to um, people down in the comments section over on LinkedIn. I'm going to screw this up. Alfausia. Nurami, welcome. Thank you so much. She's um, dialing in from Indonesia here. Raymond, welcome. Welcome to you as well. Uh, see if I can bring you up screen, maybe. Maybe. I'm getting warm here now. This in, this conversation is making me warm. Oh, out there. Okay. Out there on the your garden, your solarium in your greenhouse. Yeah, I'm sitting in my 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 sauna. Yeah. Yeah, and for for those of you, oh, there we got the comments up on screen. For those of you uh, over over on Twitter Spaces. Just keep in mind, we are recording this. We are um, live streaming this out. So if you'd like to come up on stage and join the conversation, you can, but you will be recorded. Um, I always get distracted and lose track here. So I, I want to talk about, though, who were the winners? You say we, we continue to grow. Because talking about mm -hmm. industry growth is like, I mean, that's all well and good. That's fine. That's interesting intellectually yeah. to have that conversation. But it's like talking about the economy. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care about the economy. I care if I have a job. <laughs> I care yeah. if I can feed my family, right? So for mm -hmm. those people that were negatively affected, those organizations that were negatively affected out there by uh, COVID, by the pandemic, uh, why was that? Who was affected? Why were they affected? Um, what would you have to say to them about that? That's a bunch of questions. So do with <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. So I'm gonna say this now. I'm gonna say this. so. We'll see. Um, okay, um, who was impacted um, negatively? Let's start there because then we can work work our way up to the positive side. Um, so negatively impacted. Um, one area that comes to mind right away is, of course, the the travel and hospitality industry, um, and also the local uh, retail industry, well, I don't know why I say local, but I mean, um, the actual on-site stores, the brick and mortar stores as well, those kind of, that kind of retail business. And uh, they were heavily impacted because of the, the lockdowns, right? No one was allowed to travel or at least very, very, very limited, nothing in comparison. We've all seen uh, some airlines um, struggle in different countries across the globe and um, other you know, travel companies as well. So they had to get really creative. And so companies in the language industry that were uh, that derived a lot of their profits from that sector, they were also equally impacted because this is... Um, this is a plus and a minus, I guess, in our industry that we're impacted in the same proportion as the industries that we serve. So that's one way of looking at that. And then another one um, to definitely highlight was one of the most impacted segments was uh, the interpreting industry in, in general, uh, positively and negatively. Which is very near and dear uh, to your heart, right? Having, yeah, exactly. You are an interpreter. <laughs> that's, that's your background. Yeah, and I'm by trade an on-site interpreter as well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I've, uh, yeah, it was already in my training um, taught to also work with, uh, with, well, with videos actually at the time, wasn't live, but um, yeah, I'm a trained on-site interpreter for conferences and that was exactly the segment that was hit really, really hard. Um, so I think at least like a, yeah, it was basically obliter obliterated. On-site conference interpreting was gone from one like day overnight. to another. Overnight, yeah. right? 
the conference industry as a whole. Like when when the pandemic hit in here in the U.S., I was in Southern California getting ready to go to a conference. Yeah, I was one day away from flying over to that. Yeah, you were going to meet meet us there. <laughs> yeah, right. You exactly. probably wouldn't have been able to get home. Yeah, so conferences. Yeah, but so. Let's, let's talk about conferences. So we started talking about with T update mm-hmm. and the cool stuff that they're doing over there. But I see this as a long-term win for conferences because mm-hmm. a when the world opens back up, people are going to be excited. I'm going to be yeah. first. Whoever, if you're listening out there and you're organizing a conference, send me a freaking invite. Send me a bill <laughs> because I am ready. I'm ready to go out there and you know shake some hands. You know, that's actually, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, after, after a year of not shaking anybody's hand, that actually sounds kind of weird. But um, conference organizers have been forced to adapt very quickly. And mm-hmm. we've, seen, we've seen winners, losers, and status quo, I think, here in our industry. I think some yeah. the winners are, are the folks that were able to adapt very quickly over to um, a virtual format and do that in a meaningful way. The losers, I, I would say, are the people that resisted that change and said, I don't want yeah. to do this. I'm just going to wait for everything to die over um, or to blow over. Wow, bad choice of words to talk about a pandemic. Um, I'm just going to wait for everything to pass with the pandemic. That'll be over in a few months. And then it wasn't over in a few months. And now I think people are regretting not jumping on that. Yeah, and even probably before the pandemic, because a lot of these yeah. solutions like in remote interpreting was already there before the pandemic. And we always talked about it as like um, what a solution in search of a problem. And then um, you know, and many people also, many resisted it. So some had seen the opportunity, but especially also many interpreters have resisted it or are still sometimes even today not as happy to use it because it comes with different rates and different um, working conditions and all that. But... Yeah, it's definitely clear the the ones who were prepared were the ones that didn't have these significant losses, first of all, when you're talking about regular interpreting providers or also the interpreters. And then um, the ones who actually provide the remote uh, interpreting technology uh, or virtual interpreting technology, like we uh, call it, they actually saw their business skyrocket. Like it's insane. In some cases, there was only something like 140% growth. But in other cases, it was like 300 or like the demand in some cases went up by 3000 for a company that I talked to as well. And that's and then we've seen so much investment in that area as well. So um, I agree with you that I, I think ultimately what will come out of this as well is um, that it will be good for um, conferences and also for conference interpreting because um well, I do expect that we go back to on-site, right? Like you also said, we'll be the first ones there if, um, if we can go to an on-site conference again. But at the same time, the, this has also shown now that these remote solutions, that they work. There's no reason to be afraid of them. They can actually save your ass as well. And that in some cases, it might just be more convenient as well. Um, there can be this hybrid model where not only the interpreters can be remote, but also some of the speakers or some of the participants, like um, even like you might not make it to every conference, but you still want to join in. Even if it's an on-site event, you can log in um, via remote solution and listen to the um, to the speakers or even the participants, to the interpretation. Those are all solutions that already existed before the pandemic, but I think they will be more utilized now because people have tried them 
you know, they see that it works. Well, that's it. It's, it goes back to the actual people, the end users, right? I, I don't put it on conference organizers or brands no. or LSPs in our industry and say like, man, they weren't innovating before the thing, before the pandemic, pan whatever you want to call it. Um, and now they are because I, I don't see that there was a need to innovate. There wasn't an appetite. We talk about innovation mm -hmm. a lot in our industry, but I see, I see frankly, very little appetite for real innovation around things that aren't people's pet causes. Um, we all want to innovate language stuff, you know, machine translation, all, all of that stuff. But we don't talk about like the, the mainstream innovations like conference, like virtual events management, virtual, virtual conferences, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. And this well, it, went so it. it forced our hand. Yeah, and it has gone really, <laughs> I don't like to use this term very much, but it has kind of gone a bit mainstream also, you know, with, um, yeah. well, if we're looking at all these remote conferences. So like my, my favorite example is that even my mother has now been on Zoom and Microsoft team calls. And for some people that might not Mine be so too. unusual, but for my mother, it is. She's uh, she's working uh, as a music and sports uh, teacher in a public school in Germany, so she really has no reason to be on Zoom calls usually. But um, you know, yeah. it's different now. Yeah, my mother has actually joined Zoom calls as well, which is amazing, amazing. If you know your mother, and I always like to passive aggressively poke jabs at my mother because she'll call me and be like i saw your program i saw your show today i'm so proud of you and i, I but she never comments on my pokes at her so i'm like bullshit you didn't watch it you didn't watch it mom. <laughs> but no that, that's amazing if my mom can um be motivated to log into a zoom call to for a family reunion or whatever it is then there is hope for the rest of us it's kind of how yeah I and my mom even had to do it for work and she's uh, liking it or another friend i mean who's uh, way more tech enabled as well like more than my mother is what i'm trying to say uh she was also saying that uh, she used to have to travel um maybe a day really with getting there and back to have just a one hour meeting with um another like a team located in a different city um and you know that was that was the work day then the rest of the time was gone whereas now her bosses have also seen oh maybe it's not necessary that we do this for every single meeting like for some meetings it's great to meet in person of course we all love that but maybe just for one hour and you're gone the whole day it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so everyone has i think this is a similar we will see a similar impact also for multilingual meetings that you know people will see that this works and uh, that it makes sense um, to utilize this more and that it's easy to utilize it as well. So it's not as complex and um, terrible maybe as people were um, did, like expected it to be before. Sorry, that got a bit rambly there. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I can't help, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. I can't help but um, think, and I've been thinking about this for a while, that the language services industry, we are global, we are remote by nature. And I can't help but wonder, did we miss an opportunity and as an industry, as a whole industry, to provide leadership to other industries, to provide leadership to um, adjacent industries to language services? And because I saw a lot of other folks out there struggling with making that transition to virtual, making that transition to remote. And it's something that we just chuckle about because we work with people all over the globe. Um, I, when we started working together, you were in Galway. 
and now you're in Germany. <laughs> where, are you, where, where did you move? You told me. Uh, it's my hometown. It's called Oberhausen. Um, That's what which, I said. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's in the Ruhr Valley near near um, Essen. Uh, it's a large town here. Uh, well, town, city, and um, bigger ones you would know would be Düsseldorf or Cologne, not too far away. Yeah. Cologne. Thank you for anglicizing for me. I, I did. Ich kann ein bisschen Deutsch sprechen, aber vielleicht nicht yet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't. Well, speak a one of the first rules in interpreting, you know, you have to make it um, understandable for the um, for the person you're interpreting for. It's not about showing off your language skills, you know. Genau. <laughs> Let's go back to the. I got the NMC 100 pulled up. If you can't see here, and we actually have some information here in the NMC 100 about this. You talked about it. T update. Okay. We're talking about it mm -hmm. now. The the verticals and services. Um, we covered this. We talked about the big accelerator technology as the big differentiator. Specifically, yeah. what are we looking at here? Hmm. Let's talk about and start with interpreting because that's that's your sweet spot. Um, tell me about you know companies out there that are offering platforms that you know like the kudos of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who just has yeah? Talk about kudo. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. Kudo is probably one of the most prominent um, platforms when it comes to interpreting technology. They're also really out there with their with their marketing. Uh, I feel like when you look into that space, they're kind of everywhere. Um, and also for good reason. Um, they are good at what they do. Uh, they are. Um, well, I still refer to them as a remote F simultaneous. FYI, this is not. This is not a promotion we're not getting paid no no and i will mention other yeah. platforms too i was just trying to say it's, it's not just uh, because of their marketing they're they are good you know so um but um anyway so i still refer to them as a remote simultaneous interpreting platform um but i think they see themselves more now as a language as a service company which i think is a interesting mm. development as well um, yeah, they just received uh, funding, 21 million just now and 6 million already uh, in the last year. So 27 million in total and that in the year of the pandemic, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I um, always have to find an excuse to use that button. Every stream, I have to find <laughs> like an it. excuse to use that button. Um, to me, and I, I want to come back to something you said earlier, like why should you care um, if a company, you know, if the economy is booming or whatever is growing and why do I care maybe as an interpreter or other linguist or even as a company? Um, so why should interpreters or anyone out there care that Kudo received this funding? I mean, it's kind of like, okay, good for them. But um, it's also, I think, a massive vote of confidence for multilingual meetings in general. Um, because what they, and like human powered ones as well, is what I want to get to. So yes, uh, this is technology enabled, but they are using human interpreters. So nothing, none of this works right without the actual linguists involved. And to me, this also means that there is um, more room to grow, right? It means that we can expect the market for multilingual meetings to grow, that, you know, investors are confident that this is a positive area to invest your money into. And who's out there? The Googles, you know, you're coming, this this is going live, but you and I behind the scenes are talking on Google Meet, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. um, I also do these on Skype. I do, you know, I'll, I'll, everyone has a platform out there. I love Google Meet. I so love Google Meet too. But 
Skype is also out there, and I think who's going to win this war is the one that integrates interpretation into their platform. Because to me, it seems more like something to integrate into a platform than something that should be its own platform. And that, whenever I, I'm not the interpreting expert, that's why we got you, right? But it's like when I when I look at Kudo, I think, yeah, but. I don't want to use a separate because like I've got so many platforms downloaded. It's like, yeah. I don't want to use a separate platform. I just want to dial into my zoom meeting and click a button that says activate mm -hmm. interpreting plugin or something. Where are we on, on the track towards that? And how is the um, 2020 accelerated investment into that area? Yeah, uh, that's, that is coming along as well. And I think it's a, it's a really, really good point because um, like you said, you know, I, people like to use what they know plus and it should be as easy as possible to use that's something we keep on repeating as well right if you have technology make it as easy as possible for the end user like the needs of the end users are becoming more complex but your solution should be super simple like super easy to use because otherwise no one wants to use it and then right. yeah um people like to use what they what they know and zoom is by far so far anyway the winner of um, video conferencing like i mean yeah we keep using google meet and i i love google meet and we have lots we use the other platforms as well but zoom just purely by the numbers is the absolute winner so um interpreting technology providers can see that as a threat or as an opportunity right so you can compete with that and in some cases for um good reason because for example the uh, multilingual platforms like um, Kudo, Interprefy, Interactio, Voice Boxer, Boost Lingo, you know, there's loads and loads of them. So I don't want to just <laughs> keep talking about Kudo. There's others out there. Um, they have, uh, they, they were built with multilingualism in mind, right? So they were trying to replicate right. the, the scenario like that you have at a conference and have everything you need for the interpreter so they can work as a team, which is essential, have a handover function. You can do all sorts of like document sharing and voting and polling and whatever like you can do in a live conference. But on the other hand, um, yes, I, I think it would, um, well, it would be stupid not to try to cash in on this uh, Zoom boom, yeah, for interpreting providers. It's a great opportunity. I like that and Zoom boom. Yeah. I've never <laughs> and, uh, heard that before, actually. Really? I, I find that hard to believe. No. Um, but anyway, and Boost Lingo have actually taken significant steps in that direction just now. They only just um, announced, like, uh, maybe two weeks ago, that they have managed to integrate with Zoom in the sense they are, that people can now, like, they're part of the Zoom Marketplace app now. So people can uh, use Zoom. Yeah. yeah. I think, wasn't there a write-up in Multilingual about that? Yes, definitely. Multilingual. Yeah. The it, press release. And we're actually publishing something about this next week as well, about not just about Boostlingo, but an update to remote interpreting. Oh, lovely. MZ. Are we publishing yeah. the full interpreting index over at MZ? Are you working on that this year or is that a biannual thing? I, um, well, it looks Are, like it's biannual because I did it in 2019 and I want to do it oh. this year. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yes, I want to uh, give an update to that, but not next week. It's still in the works. Awesome. We have some chats here. Let's let's go through the chats. Uh, hey, Udo, I someone kind of but agree with a lot of what Sarah says. Of course, you sound like a smart man, Udo. 
<laughs> agreeing with what Sarah says. I see a tendency for more and more meeting in MS Teams, actually. Yep. Mm. Could Sarah say yeah. something about restreaming so a meeting happens in Teams or Zoom? Uh, clarify what you mean there, Udo, if you're still with us. Uh, something about restreaming. So a meeting happens in Teams or Zoom. Um, you mean about streaming live, um, those meetings? Do you maybe mean that when people have to use both platforms, that, for example, the interpreters um, maybe received the video and audio yeah, and restream it to the ah. RSI platform. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So that is like the, the common workaround right now. So most um, platforms say that they have they can integrate with any video conferencing platform. And to a certain degree, that's true. But these are really um, workarounds, just like Udo mentioned there, so that it's um, basically you have to use both platforms. You have your regular meeting on uh, Zoom, Teams, or whatever. And then you also use the... Um, uh, the RSI platform, um, the interpreters get the audio and the uh, video feed from the, let's say, Zoom. And they interpret, though, through the RSI platform and the participants also have to listen through that. So it's a very complex workaround. Uh, it works. And I know many interpreters who have worked that way. Um, but yeah, from, from my research, I know that a lot of the uh, companies um, that offer interpreting technology um, want to do real integrations, so like native integrations. So it's not just a workaround anymore. But this is, of course, a lot more complex for remote simultaneous interpreting because they have to have separate language channels and have to have like the handover functionality working. Whereas, um, yeah, like what Boost Lingo did now, it still is really impressive because it was properly done with zoom incorporation and you can add um like a, you can get a Boostlingo account um and then once that's set up you can just invite the interpreters same as you would invite any meeting participant but of course that's only for um consecutive interpreting so that's when you know the, the speakers and the interpreters take turns so that is still a significant step forward because it's the first legit uh, integration but yeah, taking it one step further for remote simultaneous interpreting will be like another beast, basically. And but uh, Zoom also does uh, has an interpreting feature already. Um, it's a lot more rudimentary, so there's no handover function. You cannot do uh, relay, which is when interpreters use like another interpretation. For example, if I like, I only work with English and German, and if someone was speaking in French, I would have to listen to my English colleague maybe and then go from there into German you can't do that on zoom yet and that's an essential functionality also for a conference yeah. but yeah but it, it goes works to the also. old adage it's not an old adage that makes it sound credible it's something I made up which I say all the time which is that technology companies suck at language and language companies suck at technology and you have <laughs> yes. language companies out there that want to, be, to develop their own tech and you have tech companies out there that want to cater to language uh -huh. workflows and I haven't seen it work well not out mm -hmm. not out of the box right not out of the box um and that's why you know old school behemoths you know like the sdls of the world are they're still out there because they've nailed it it took them a while to do it um but really like they started so long ago there was nothing to nail they just kind of grew into it <laughs> um but we could use a lot more innovation in our industry i i think um from a from a technology perspective yeah, and I think it's a really smart move to not um, resist this development and to just go, well, you know, Zoom isn't good enough or, you know, Teams isn't good enough. It's true. They are not right now that good uh, in compared when you're looking at the language side only. 
they cannot compete with uh, the big um, RSI platforms or even the other interpreting platforms. Uh, it's not the same, not, not even nearly the same, but they are more popular and people want to use them. So it just makes more sense to, to bring your, maybe all the, your, your knowledge from, if you are an RSI provider or other interpreting, remote interpreting provider to take your knowledge and bring it with you to like Zoom and Teams and WebEx and try to cash in on, on their success, right? Udo says, when I am asked for a restreamed RSI job, I prefer also to also be in the originating meeting. Yeah, thanks for joining the conversation, Udo. For those of you that yes. are that are here, uh, we live stream these, and one of the reasons we live stream these is because it, it allows us to engage with the audience. So thank you so much, Udo. God, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Um, thank you so much for joining in the conversation. We also got a couple people over on Twitter Spaces. If anybody wants to come on up to the stage, just you know, raise your hand. I know Twitter Spaces is totally new for everybody, so you probably have no idea how to do that. I don't know how to do that, so I can't help you. But um, come on upstage. Hello, we've got more people joining us. AI Farm NG. Hi, welcome. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why we do this live, even though we have noisy stuff in the background and it's a completely controlled environment, or not a controlled environment. Join. Um, oh, here's what I wanted to say. If you're listening to this after the fact, then, um, and you're leaving comments because you think it's live, it might not be live. So make sure you're watching the live recording. And if, if I'm not responding to your comments, if I'm not talking to you, maybe you're watching the recorded version because this will be out there on um, in perpetuity afterwards. But Sarah, you've got a hard stop. You got some little ankle biter to feed. <laughs> she can't even bite my ankles yet, but she she's can't even bite your ankles bite my face. Yeah, she's adorable. <laughs> yeah, you got to go take care of your family. Yeah. But thank you for deciding to come on. You were you pinged me less than 24 hours ago and said, when are we going live? And I yeah, like that last night when I was going to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty late for you. So thank you for doing that. This is not the last time for those of you out there. This is not the last time you're going to see Sarah Hickey. If I have anything to say about it, we're going to get her up here quite a lot because as the VP of research here at Nimsy Insights, she is just a wealth of knowledge about the market. She's a, as a practicing interpreter and um, analyst for that space. She's a wealth of knowledge about that. And you know, I don't want to be selfish. I want to share her with the world. I want to share your knowledge with the world <laughs> even even more. But um, if you're watching live, um, once again, just to, to reset here, like, so, like, share, subscribe, all of that stuff. If you don't subscribe to Nimsy on whatever platform you're watching this on, you won't get notified of the new events that pop up because we don't plan these. They are pop-up events. So do that. Uh, really quickly, Nimsy Insights. You might be wondering, who the heck are these guys? I've never seen them before. Well, we are a market research and consulting company focused on international markets, focused on language services, whether it be translation, uh, interpretation. There is a difference between those two. <laughs> um, internationalization, globalization, go-to-market, research, all of that stuff. Um, you name it. We do it. We have a lot of fun here at NMZ. We do these live streams. Usually in the morning, they're pop-ups. If you'd like to join... If you have something to say, if you have some value to add, if you've got a story to tell, then please reach out afterwards. I'm working on a sign-up form, but just ping me. My name is Tucker Johnson. Ping me on LinkedIn. And let's have a conversation about how we can help you 
get your ideas out there and help you add value to your audience as well using this platform. With that, I, I'm, I'm playing the music. I'm playing us out before they, <laughs> they get the cane and drag us off stage here, Sarah. Glamorous. Any, any closing thoughts? Uh, man, I feel like we bounced around so many different topics. Um, yeah, that I definitely would like to come back and delve a little deeper into the individual ones. Um, I think one kind of closing thought is that um, the last year was tough in many ways, and it is still tough right now. But I think um, that so much positive has come out of this as well and is going to come out of this. Um, like you said, we always talk about innovation, but well, maybe we needed that trigger to really make it happen. And um, so I think after the pandemic, it's going to be a mix of some of the uh, old and good stuff that we know that will come back and then topped off with some of the new innovations we've seen. So that's really exciting. Here, here. Thank you very much, Sarah. If, if, let us know in the comments. What do you want to hear Sarah talk about next? Because she can pretty much do it all. And if if it's a subject that she's not an expert in, we have other experts here at NIMSY Insights to take care of that. So without further bullshitting here, um, just killing time, <laughs> I'm going to let you guys go. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend. The sun is shining here in Seattle. Um, the sun is still up in Essen in Germany. In yep, <laughs> just about. Yeah. So <laughs> vielen Dank. Sehr gerne. All right. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>